What's up, CA students and 678? I'm so thankful and glad that you joined us on CA Students Online. My name is Jake. I'm one of the pastors at CA Students. It's just my honor and joy to get to share from God's Word tonight. Well, we're in this series called Jesus Formed, and it's so awesome because we're talking about how when we place our faith in Jesus, not only are we saved and restored into right relationship with God, but we're invited to do that relationship with him. And as we spend time with him and as we love him and adore him, we actually transform and become more formed into his image, more like him. It's, it's amazing. It's not just salvation for heaven when we die, but it's, it's experiencing that salvation even now. Whoo! It's exciting. And it's the adventure of a lifetime. We've been talking about that. We're going to continue that theme tonight, Jesus form. But first, I have a question. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, wow, I am in need right now? I remember one time when I was in physical danger need. Anybody remember learning to swim with floaties around your arms? I loved floaties, but I also just loved swimming. And I remember one time I was, it was, it's like one of an early memory for me. And I, the car stops and somehow the door opens and I just start sprinting to the pool, and I think my mom was like, Jake, your floaties, as I jump in the water without my floaties, and I, it's like this early memory in my life, and I just remember, like, looking up and needing desperate help and bubbles, and then the arm of God just reaching out and saving me. It was a time I was in physical need. How many of you guys uh, know, <laughs> I'm thinking right now when I ask that question, how many of you guys have experienced being in need, and you're like, 2020, anybody else, right? This has been a crazy year. But have you ever been in need in class, Rip being actually in class, but scholastically when the teacher's like, pop quiz on the reading, and have you, remember you get that feeling like, no, I'm not ready. It's a terrible feeling. Guys, one time I was in need of more gas in my car. I was driving. This is a terrible, terrible feeling. Have you ever been in a car that's ran out of gas? It's terrible. Like, like to, to, you know, you press the gas, it feels great because you go, but then when you run out of gas, it's just like this, it's not going as fast, and you're praying, and you're hoping, and then, guys, I ran out of gas, and this wasn't supposed to be a sermon illustration, I guess, but, but I called my dad. My, my earthly dad is so much like I believe my heavenly dad. It's like, Dad, I ran out of gas, and my dad came and filled up my gas tank. Praise the Lord. So thankful for my dad. One time I was in need of encouragement, um, first ever driver's test, you know, nervous, literally pulling out of the driveway for the, to the, for the DMV, like ready to go. And, you know, I'm super nervous, looking both ways to just pull out. I'm all good. I'm doing the thing. Look both ways, waiting for the oncoming traffic to go past. Start to go to pull out for my driver's test, to start my driver's test. Stop! My driver instructor stops me. And I was about to hit a pedestrian that pulled right in front of me. What the heck? Failed me. I failed my first driver's test. I needed some encouragement that day so bad. One time I was in need of forgiveness. Maybe, I will, not maybe. I know that we've all been in need. We're still in need of forgiveness. But me and Noel were on this date. And we were at this restaurant that Noel loves so much. I love it now too. I'm kind of scared to go back. But it was this, it's this amazing restaurant that like serves and blesses and you know as you 
eat there, you financially support this amazing business that kind of helps people get out of, you know, tough lifestyles and drugs and all, this, all these kind of things. And it, so it's this amazing thing to go and eat there. And guys, I forgot to pay. Like I dined and dashed. It was terrible. I was like, later in the day, I was like, Noel, that was amazing that we ate there. It was so good. Did you pay? And she was like, no, like what? And so I went back in there to, of course, to go pay. And they were all like looking at me like, what the heck? And I paid and I, I, I just, it's hard for me to show my face there, but it's an amazing restaurant. We all know what it's like to have been in need. And these are some light and silly examples But we all know that human need goes to the deepest, deepest place. So much more intense, so much more long-lasting. And one thing I wanted to be, I'm excited to get to tell you guys tonight, that one of the marks of the God of the Bible is that he is relentlessly caring and pursuing and serving and saving those that are disadvantaged, the marginalized, those in need. And as the Spirit transforms our hearts to be more and more Jesus-formed, that's going to mark our hearts as well, to love and serve those in need. We're going to talk about that part of being Jesus-formed tonight. Will you pray with me, though, first? Jesus, I thank you that you saved me when you died on the cross, and I just trusted you to save me. I'm so thankful for you. Thank you that you rescued me when I was in such desperate need. God, would you form in our hearts a desire to serve and to love those in need? In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go, CA students, 6, 7, 8 online. Love you guys. The, the main point is this. One mark of being Jesus-formed is loving and serving those in need. Now, I know this ain't live, but I hope that you've got a journal out and you're like, you know, taking notes and stuff still. One mark of being Jesus-formed is loving and serving those in need. And the sub-point of that, we're going to start out by taking a look at Jesus' life. Jesus loved and served those in need. Jesus loved and served those in need. Praise God. We're going to look at this amazing scripture. This is right kind of at the beginning of Jesus' public ministry, when he's kind of declaring, it's almost like a mission statement. Like, this is who Jesus is. Luke 4, starting in 16, he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went to church. Sorry, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. Whoa, CA students 6, 7, 8. Check it out. Here's another way you can be Jesus formed. Jesus went to church. It was his regular habit. It was his custom to gather with the people of God to worship right? That's another way we can be Jesus from, whether it's online, whether it's in person right now. Let's make it a habit to join with the people of God and to worship, to pray, to be built up in our faith. Let's keep going. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed, handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Basically saying, this is who I am. 
boom, big mic drop. It's like, see that written in the Bible? Can you imagine, like, reading the Bible and be like, that's about me? Boom. Amazing. Jesus is so cool. But look at what he said he was all about. Good news to the poor. Freedom to the prisoners. Sight for the blind. Set the oppressed free. Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus made it clear that he came to do something about the desperate need of humanity, both physically and spiritually. Jesus helped those in need through his amazing healings and his miracles. I love that story in Luke chapter 5. Look it up if you can. When a leper who was such a social outcast in that time, people wouldn't let lepers get near them. Jesus let the leper get near to him. And the leper said, Jesus, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And I love our God's response. He says, I'm willing. Be healed. And the leper's cleansed. He's healed. He was amazing the way he served that leper. Jesus welcomed the social outcasts. He hung out with sinners, eating with them, spending time with them. The people Jesus um, called around him, most of them, you know, as his closest disciples, were not, you know, the elite and the smartest and the people of the upper class. They were ordinary people, even in need. And I want to be clear, it's not that these people were more valuable to God than people with more resources. It's that they were being treated as less than the image of God-bearing human beings that they were. And Jesus was the embodiment of the God who declared he's the champion of the oppressed, the forgotten, the left out, the less fortunate. And he calls us to do the same. He wasn't giving them more attention because he loved them more. He was giving them attention because they, were get, they weren't getting as much attention. So Jesus loved and served those in need. Let's get to the next point. Jesus calls his disciples to love and serve those in need. Jesus calls his disciples to love and serve those in need. Luke 12, 32 through 34. This is right after that amazing passage about don't worry. Don't worry about your life. But seek first the kingdom of God. And then he gives us a hint of part of what it means to seek first the kingdom of God. He says, don't be afraid, little flock, for your father's been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. A treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus said, when you're living your life, live more for eternity <laughs> than just for this, for this life right now, this temporary life. And he says, he says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. And just to be clear, he's not saying that, you know, every follower of Jesus has to sell all their possessions and not have anything. We see in scripture that followers of Jesus, you know, they had possessions and later they had homes and things like that. But he's also saying to give and give sacrificially right? Wow, what if we took that to heart? And we remember, remember, this is not just another legalistic rule to tack on, but it's from a response of knowing how God has saved us, being in, of, in total desperate need, bankrupt before God, that we say, God, I want to respond in generosity and in love. Yes, Jesus. Jesus was a man of the Word. In John 1, it says he was the Word, but he grew up on scriptures like Isaiah 58. It says this, Is this the, not the kind of fasting, the kind of worship I've chosen? 
to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, and to break every yoke. Whoo, that's good. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? CA students in 678, right now, our culture is big on justice. But I want to tell you that culture in general, societies in general, in world history, were not always big on justice. The idea of people being treated by the same standards and, and being treated with, with dignity, this was not always popular in culture uh, in the world. It was not always self-evident. It still isn't self-evident. But God revealed it. Tim Keller recently wrote, The biblical idea, this biblical idea was unique and revolutionary in world history. Surrounding cultures and societies knew nothing of it. You can check out the Code of Hammurabi from the Babylonian era if you'd like to. The idea that every human had equal dignity and worth and was equally equally foreign to the Greeks and Romans. Aristotle famously said that some races and nationalities deserve to be slaves. Tom Holland writes, not Tom Holland, the Spider-Man, Tom Holland, the author. Tom Holland writes that, that ancient cultures, apart from Israel, completely lacked any sense that the poor or the weak might have the slightest intrinsic value. What the Greeks, Romans, and other ancient cultures lacked was the book of Genesis, the Bible, God's revealed word, which teaches that all human beings were equally created in the image of God. The Bible assumes it everywhere. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. Proverbs 14, 31. Rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. The idea of universal human rights, CA students 6 and 8, that comes, boom, from Genesis, from the Bible, that all human beings were equally created in the image of God. It was amazing how when Christianity was just starting, how the, the, the emperors who didn't know Jesus, they were leading a culture that just forgot about the poor and were just despising the poor and the weak and the sick. But Christians were laying down their lives and giving and serving the poor and the sick and those in need. And people around were so in awe that they're like, look, this is a new way to be human. This Jesus formed life. And they, they joined. They said, yes, I want to follow Jesus too by the generosity of the early church, the abolition of slavery, was led by followers of Jesus, rooted in the book of Genesis, that all people are created in the image of God. And that we are destined this earth and all of those who know Jesus, there's a destiny of freedom and not slavery. CA students 678, we seek justice and care for those in need, because God is a God of justice. He was and is the God of justice way before justice was in. And we seek, uh, and as we seek justice and we care for the poor, CA students in 6, 7, 8, I'm calling us, let's keep our eyes on Jesus and his definitions and his ways and on his word. There are many ideas and theories about justice in this world today that leave things out and can oversimplify things and leave out some of God's perspective. But biblical justice is so robust and beautiful. So here's what I want, CA students in 6, 7, 8. When we seek justice and when we hear truth claims about the issues in our society today and we hear about issues of justice, let's let our instinct go 
to Jesus and go to his word and to see if it's in alignment with him. In Acts 17.11, Paul and Silas were preaching the gospel, and the people who heard them, they were called the Bereans from this town called Berea. And Acts 17.11 says uh, that they heard Paul and Silas, they heard what they said, and they eagerly searched the scriptures to see if what they were saying was true. Let's be like those Bereans. We come to a full picture of justice, of biblical justice, when we come to a full reading of Scripture. Gosh, I'm proud to be a part of this church, Christian Assembly. I'm proud of the ways that we have been moving and taking action to love and serve those in need. I love that we're about to start being a part of December. We've done it for years, but we're going to do it again this year. You could join us if you want to, fighting against human trafficking, raising awareness, and taking action. Let's go. So good. CA is involved with reaching and serving so many unreached people groups. We have kingdom partnerships all over the world. We have kingdom partnerships in 15 different countries, and we're at work with 16 different unreached people groups. That means people around the world who, have, who don't have access or have very little access to the good news about Jesus. In fact, CA, we, we helped fund the, the translation of the New Testament, the Bible, for the Mongali people in the Philippines, the first time in their native tongue. Can you imagine getting to read the Bible for your, the first time in your native tongue? That's so amazing. See, students in 678, the prayer and pantry ministry that's been going on since COVID started, we've already been able to feed 25,000 meals, give 25,000 meals, and that's not counting the prayer and pantry that happened today. And it's just, like, amazing how much we're able to do and give when we take action together. Not to mention how much medical debt we paid off. We paid off medical debt for 15,468 households this past year with a partnership with 11 other churches and a college. Not to mention Kids Hope, which CA has been a part of for so long, connecting mentors from here, from CA and elsewhere to, to students at our local elementary school. And I'm so proud of the way these many efforts of strengthening and serving have been a blessing to our brothers and sisters of color. And I'm proud of our prayer and lament walk that we did, as well as our undivided workshops and other things where we've been able to say we are a part of this fight against racial injustice and to declare the undeniable value and worth of all our brothers and sisters of color. Let's review. Jesus loved and served those in need, and he calls his disciples to love and serve those in need. Where do we go from here? Let's take action is point number three. Let's take action. How can we respond to a message like this? How can we take action and love and serve those in need? Number one, I want to encourage you. Notice Notice. Notice who are people around you who are in need and who are being treated as less than. It could be someone who's in the state of homelessness right now, but it also could just be somebody at your school or somebody that you know that just doesn't have a lot of friends and is, is treated with no kindness and, and, and meanness. And you could be someone who says, <laughs> by your actions, you're valuable and you're loved and I'm for you, and God's for you, and God loves you. 
notice. Be a noticer. That's a great way to start. Number two, learn. You could research ways to serve, support, empower. You could learn and to get an understanding of some of the root issues. You could say like, huh, I wonder what some of the, the issues are kind of in my neighborhood, uh, where my church is, um, where I'm at, at my school. Learn about what's going on around you. Notice and learn. This could impact your studies. It could even impact your hobbies. Number three, be generous. Be generous. Be ready to give of your money. Be ready to give of your time, of your energy. And remember, a Christian worldview is not that it's truly your money. It's actually God's money that we get to be stewards of. Foster in your life an eagerness to be generous. I love that quote. You ain't living till you start giving. Foster an eagerness to be generous. And don't wait. Don't wait. Don't say, well, when I have a lot of money, I'm going to be generous. No. Start now, even with a little bit. Don't wait to form habits. You can form habits of generosity in the smallest things. It could be even helping out around the house, helping out without being asked, doing the dishes or something like that, where you're forming these small habits of generosity that will overflow into these other areas of life. You could talk to maybe a family member or some friends about serving together, volunteering together. You could talk to some family members or some friends um, about supporting a child living in poverty through an awesome organization like Compassion International or something like that. So notice, learn, be generous, don't wait. And our fourth and final point for tonight, CA students in 6, 7, 8, is that this, this loving and serving those in need this is formed in us as we remember the gospel. I don't want people leaving this message and be like, ah, another thing I have to do for God to love me or something like that. That's not the message. <laughs> the message is we are all in desperate need. We were all bankrupt before God, separated from him. And we had nothing in our own of our own resources. But God loved us anyway and he gave it all. He gave his life so that we could be restored into relationship with him and restored in our life. We were all in desperate need. And when we truly realize the gospel and what Jesus did when he lived, he died, he rose again so that we could be restored into relationship with God. When we really believe that and receive that, we remember it's not by our works that we're saved. It's not by this many things we did so that we could be saved. The Bible says when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they've earned. But people are counted as righteous. People are made right with God, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. As we realize that we were saved by grace, utter grace, from our desperate need, when we focus on that, we're going to want to respond with generosity and with love and to serve those who have less. I love this last verse, verse 2 Corinthians 8, 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Let's never forget the grace of our God that he loved us and saved us when we were in the greatest of need. And let's go and love and serve the least and those in need in the same way. Let me pray. We'll close out. Jesus, thank you for saving us. Thank you for the gospel. We love you, Lord Jesus. Form in us a heart that's not self-centered, 
but that's selfless, that reaches out to others in need, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you, CA students, and 678.